This is Adam Lightman Bailey, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Jennifer Rodarte with Compass, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Wilder Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass Office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris of the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Uh, Today I have one of my uh, probably the highest profile guests on the real podcast. <laughs> uh, my friend Julian, uh, we 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 met probably in in uh, in probably early early college years. So maybe we were about eighteen or nineteen years old. Uh, Julian is, is a fellow friend of mine that is actually uh, we, we come from the we come from the similar area in, in the DC metropolitan area, which is called we call the DMV. Uh, your family, what, lives in D.C. still? Yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah, your, your family lives in yeah, Chevy Chase. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're all very close. Um, obviously, throughout our adulthood, we've spread out, spread our wings and, and started living in different cities. But you know, him and I keep in touch. Uh, I feel like Julian is a great guest uh, for the Real Talk show, uh, especially during the times of uh, what's going on, obviously, in the medical field with COVID-19. Uh, Julian also being a a first-time home buyer and looking for a home in the process of looking for a home at the moment. Uh, so I want, uh, obviously, our our, bro- our listeners, including brokers and my friends and my clients, uh, to get a third-party point of view on what it's like to be a buyer in this market or in this uh, times of, I would say, um, not, not necessarily distress, but ambiguity. So just a little bit on Julian. Um, Julian is, is probably one of my smartest friends. Uh, He's a specialist in laparoscopy, which is, I believe, I'm not a med- I'm not a doctor. You can, correct, you can correct me, but it's it's similar to orthoscopic surgeons, where there is a camera at the end of the uh, uh, the stick. Uh, yeah, it's a variation of that. Yeah, yeah. So, because yeah. I got orthoscopic surgery on my shoulder with a bunch of little small incisions, right? And it's laparoscopy sort of- is essentially like your stomach, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, you got it, Doc. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, instead of making big incisions, you're making small, low incisions. You put a oh. camera in, and then you use instruments through those small incisions. Um, you can use uh, robotics as well, which is a lot of what I do. That's um, right. So, he, so yeah, you always talk about this. Julian is a robotic surgery, surgery specialist. Uh, I could go on. I mean, I could talk about, I don't know his resume, but I could talk about uh, you know, where he went. I mean, you went, you, you, not that you did residency in Harvard, uh, urology. Uh, I know that you're a graduate of UMD, go Terps. And yeah, um, yeah so, so the list goes on and on. Um, actually, if you guys are interested, uh, please follow him. I'm going to do a quick share screen here. Uh, please follow him. <laughs> right here. There's at Don Julio. It's Don Julio D in the O instead of an O, it's a zero. So Don that Julio is on his Instagram. So uh, he's a, a very private man. He's got many, many beautiful photos of his of the of his beautiful state of Colorado, where he currently resides. Look at that sure. photo. That photo, my goodness! And I know you were just in Telluride, huh? That sounds like a, a really. I was just in Telluride, yes. Oh my yes. goodness! I'm so jealous. You are living the dream. 
spend a week down there or something. Look at that, a bunch of good-looking friends. Anyways, uh, I'm going to stop the screen share. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so anyways, follow, follow Julian uh, on his Instagram. Now, uh, I'm going to get to our topic for today. And I, I guess the first question is, uh, how is this shutdown in the coronavirus affecting you personally right now? Yeah, quite a bit, man. Quite a bit. So, um, you know, I'm in a private practice and we do, uh, you know, urology uh, surgery. And, uh, you know, a lot of a good portion of what we do is elective. And then there's another big chunk, which is, you know, related to different types of cancers of the urinary tract. More urgent. More, yeah, more urgent, but still sort of some of it is, is relatively sort of borderline. And um, yeah. as a practice, you know, for the sake of trying to limit uh, patient exposures and, uh, you know, trying to, uh, you know, flatten the curve. Sure. We have had to make significant uh, cuts in the number of patients that we're seeing, the number of surgeries that we're doing. Uh, trying to do our part to sort of stem the pandemic. Um, so we've really cut back drastically as a practice. And uh, we're trying to do what we can from a telemedicine perspective to sort of keep things going. Sure. Um, was that and we're still doing... What's that? Like a FaceTime? FaceTime with your patients? Yeah, we're, we're sort of a, a, on the fly, sort of, a, a, you know, making some changes as far as that goes. But yeah, I, either telephone calls or some kind of video component to them. Um, we're, uh, we've been implementing that to try and keep that going. But um, yeah, we've seen a massive sort of cutback on, you know, what we're able to do certainly day to day. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, to, just to, just to clear out any confusion, you guys are limiting your surgeries because not because it's overflowing with patients because you, you want to medically social distance from your patients. Right. So every every time a patient comes into a hospital environment um, or a medical environment, um, you know, they have multiple possible exposures. Um, sure. And especially when it comes to doing surgeries, you know, there's especially with with COVID-19, the risk there is, um, you know, is, you know, especially with intubation, extubation, so putting in breathing tubes, taking out breathing tubes. Yeah. You know, that's a real risk uh, every yeah, time you do sure. that, certainly. So, um, you know, every time that uh, you do something like that, you have to carefully sort of weigh the risk and balance, risks and benefits of it, you know. Yeah, and um, it's something that we've had to uh, um, make some real changes with. Right, right. Because from a business perspective, it's a bad business decision to stop all procedures. Yeah, very bad. Come <laughs> <laughs> on. From a social distancing perspective or from a perspective that what the government wants us to do or want you to do, you really don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's about sort of finding that balance. And, and there's been some, um, you know, guidelines that have been pushed that have constantly sort of evolved since the onset of this crisis um, yeah. that have uh, sort of helped practices such as mine sort of walk um sort of navigate these sort of new this new territory very ambiguous yeah. times that's for sure yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. switching topics just, just as a medical professional in the medical community unlike us in the real estate community 
how invested are you in researching what's going on today from a from a medical perspective of, of what actually the virus is doing um, to the human body? Uh, and also from a, I guess, from a medical perspective, but from a medical business perspective, are, are you doing more research on that end and the impact of hospitals, the impact of your practice uh, versus the impact of the actual, like the biological perspective of it? Yeah, uh, talk your question. I'm, you know, as far as what we do, what we specialize in, specifically within the medical field, it, it's not specifically um, very much impacted by COVID-19, you know, so, and uh, so we're not doing specific research on it. Um, so I would say other than just keeping on top of it, as far as the impact on hospitals and everything, you know, we, um, we're constantly in communication with the various hospitals that we work at, um, as far as trying to assess the impact on, on those hospitals um, and just, uh, you know, the various news publications that are coming out, staying on top of that. And then, yeah. um, you know, there are medical publications that we talk about as a practice as far as trying to understand the uh, impact, the public health impact of this sure. virus and, you know, trying to predict a little bit what, things might look like in the future so we we talked about as a group are you purchasely are you personally interested in studying the the actual medical side of things on that or no not terribly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man there's, going on right there's so much news out there it's, it's the articles are endless yeah. um the medians are endless so okay well let's switch gears man you know i, I don't want to take up too much of your time you're a busy guy but let, let's talk about this um, we're, the GDP is supposed to, Bank of, Bank of America had already declared that we are in a recession as of today. Goldman Sachs reported a net loss GDP of about 30% uh, quarter over quarter uh, in the United States only, in the United States. Uh, what, you know, as far as the, the business side of things and how it's going to affect us, um, things are obviously not looking the best. Uh, for you, you live in the, the great state of Colorado, and you're looking to be, you are right now trying to be a first-time home buyer. Uh, what kind of things have you seen in the market? What have, what, what have your experiences has been, or how, how have your experience changed over the course of the last, let's just say, week over the course of the last, you know, three or four months? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's changed dramatically, certainly. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it, it's continues to be so much in flux that uh, I think it, it might continue to change quite a bit here coming up. Um, but, you know, it's, we're, we're in tough times, certainly. And, and you talked about, uh, you know, the, the fact that we're in a recession right now and it, it's very challenging, right? Because from sort of the perspective of public health perspective, it's best if we shut everything down, right. but obviously from an economic perspective, you know, that's as significant detriment. So uh, trying to find that sort of balance as a country, as a state, as, as people sort of trying to survive, you know, we're all trying to find that balance. And that's, that's really tough, no question about it. So, you know, that's sort of the, the global framework as far as, you know, what we're looking at, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, more specifically, I suppose, from a real estate side of things, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, I was um, I was in the process of becoming a, a first-time home buyer, and uh, 
the contract had been accepted on both sides. At this time, there were sort of some hints of, of COVID-19 sort of starting to appear mm -hmm. uh, elsewhere, you know, in China, um, but uh, sort of very minimal thought with regards to that at that time, it, you know, it was still very, very early. It's small, in the trajectory. Like, very small, very yeah. small. Yeah. Very, very early in the, in the trajectory of it. So, you know, we, we moved along and, and things were very sort of encouraging after your standard sort of negotiations. We, you know, agreed to a, a, a set price on the home and uh, we're taking the next steps, put down the escrow and everything like that. And we're taking, uh, moving forward from there. But, um, then, uh, you know, it became pretty clear that uh, this was going to have a very significant global impact, national impact, and it was going to have a significant impact on, uh, on my day-to-day -day and my, my job, my, my livelihood, and that sort of threw, uh, totally changed problems. things up, totally changed things up. Yeah. Right, right, okay. Uh, go back to the beginning, though. You know, you were looking at homes, uh, and... I mean, what was the experience like first looking at homes? I mean, did you like what you saw price point wise? Uh, what were you expecting in the beginning before all of this started? Yeah, I mean, before all this, I mean, I'd heard that, uh, you know, interest rates were relatively low as far as mortgages. Um, you know, they, they had been trending down. Um, it felt like it would be sort of, a good opportunity, both from a personal perspective and, and from an investment perspective, potentially. Um, you know, I was looking at uh, you using the home for short-term rentals as well. Right. Sure. Um, so, you know, those things kind of, it, it kind of made sense from, from that, from sort of both ends, you know, at the beginning of the process. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think you were, early, you know, as a doctor, you were uh, more informed earlier in the process about, uh, having the ability to get a doctor's loan or physician's loan. Uh, was that yes. one of the swaying factors that you, you know, with, with those who are listening who may not be aware, physician's loans are very uh, essentially guaranteed loans uh, that banks provide only to physicians, uh, doctors. They, I, I believe the minimum is 2% or 2.5% similar to FHA loan, but you don't have to pay the mortgage premium insurance, correct? Right, right. So that's the big advantage. I think the idea from, uh, you know, a, a banker lender perspective is that uh, they know that uh, we've been in school and training forever. And, um, you know, so we might not have, you know, a ton of upfront sort of money to put down for a down payment, right. but uh, that, uh, you know, now that we sort of made it through that, you know, they know that we're good sort of for, for those mortgage payments. So, yeah, that was certainly an option that made this uh, more, uh, more feasible. Right. Absolutely. It's not like New York City where you have to go to the co-op board and the minimum down payment is 20 to 25 percent yeah, yeah. minimum. Or otherwise, you're not you're just not going to get board approved. Whereas yeah. when you have a physician's loan and you're buying single family homes in states like beautiful Colorado, <laughs> you have the capability to put that as little as 2 percent and not have to pay any extra fees like an FHA loan. Uh, yeah, no PMI, no PMI, no PMI, which is huge. So if you're a doctor and you're listening to this you got to get set up with a physician's loan if you do not live in New York and don't want to buy a co-op or you want to put down a, a, a you want to buy a single family home outside of New York City. Unfortunately, in New York, it's still, uh, New York City is still not very doctor friendly with those types of loans. So um, I'm glad that uh, you were able to cap, you're, you are still able to capture that opportunity. Uh, just Absolutely. to cap off things, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time here, but 
As a doctor, where do you see this going in the next two weeks and then maybe in the next 30 to 60 days? Yeah, it's going to be around. It's sad. It's going to be around, my friend. So it's... Um, <laughs> so, sure, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, looking at the, all the mod modeling studies, I think the worst of this is, is not going to hit for another four to six weeks. Is that right? Now, yeah. are you talking about four to six weeks worse in the United States, Colorado, New York? Like, where are we talking about? Yeah, good question. I think, uh, you know, New York's likely to continue to get worse from a hospital perspective because the, the issue is that uh, more and more patients are ending up in the ICU, in yeah. the intensive care unit, critical care unit. And, you know, there's an issue with supplies and beds and things like that in those hospitals. Okay. Um, so that's going to continue to get worse over the next few weeks to several weeks, I think. Okay. And, okay. you know, I think New York is obviously it's become a little bit of an epicenter, unfortunately, for, unfortunately. for the U.S. Um, and, you know, Colorado has also been impacted. I think it's a few steps behind and not as significant, not as severe, but uh, it's going to follow sort of that trend line, maybe just a little bit lag behind and not, a, you know, not as bad, not as severe. But uh, so you think New York will peak, the curve will peak in New York and then Colorado will follow after? Shortly after with sort of less of a peak. Less of a but, peak. Uh, and I think the rest of the U.S. is, is going to follow that trend. I mean. Yeah, you look at the various graphs, and that's sort of what it's looking looking like. I think it's going to be a matter of, you know, um, several weeks to a few months before things really settle down. And it, ultimately, you know, it, it depends a lot on what we do as a country. You know, are we going to be more severe with the measures that we're implementing with social distancing? Are we really going to be shelter at home? Um, you know, are we going to do those things? Are we going to, as a, as a country, you know, how are we going to respond to this? And um, that's going to impact sort of the, you know, the trend that those curves follow, you know. Right. But right. at a minimum, we're in this, unfortunately, for at least a few months is what I'm looking, looking at. Interesting. You know, this, what, you brought, what you said brought up um, a conversation I had earlier this week with one of my clients. He's a hedge fund manager and he's got desks all over the world. And he said that in China, you know, as, as sad as it may sound, communism prevails because everybody's scared of the government there. Yeah. So when the government tells you to do something, they have to do it. They do it. Otherwise, you disappear. Right. Yeah. So unfortunately, US, you can't just do that because everybody's yeah, yeah. independent. Yeah, right. So it's like it's to our own detriment, uh, our independence <laughs> and our, you know, our democratic values, which, you know. Uh, are wonderful things most of the time. To oh, some extent, it's, yeah. it's hurting us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely does. Um, well, you know, and again, my, I guess my last question here would be, you think six months from today, your practice will be back up to normal and functioning? Um, you think your housing search will be back up in, in normal and functioning? I mean, what do you think? This is a yeah. whole Hey, Claire. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, normal is sort of not the right term, sadly. I think for our practice, we're going to feel the impact. I think we're going to feel the impact for 12 to 18 months, even, mm. because of all the, all the sort of cuts we're having to make um, on sort of uh, how our practice functions. I think we're going to feel the impact of this for much longer than six months. Um, but, uh, 
you know, I think that, uh, what was your, the other part of that question there? Oh, you said yeah. your, your op business operation will be back up to normal. Your housing search will be back up to normal. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, the six month long-term view of how your life, your social life. Yeah. So the housing search thing, you know, well, things are sort of on, on hold, but, uh, not off the table from the, and it's going to be, a, it's really going to be a matter of sort of how things play out with, with the virus, with their practice and everything like that. So, um, you know, it's something that uh, we'll have to continue to evaluate. I mean, this situation is so fluid that, uh, you know, it's, it's something we'll have to continue to see what happens. I mean, you know, it's, I don't know what your, your thoughts are here, Tak. I mean, the, the mortgage rates have stayed somewhat high so far, but it seems like a lot of people are predicting that might come down. You know, there's debate about whether or not this is truly a buyer's market. Obviously there's more risk associated with the market right now from a buyer's perspective, but um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that as, as far as how things might evolve here over the next couple yeah, of months. Yeah, I, I think the rates are gonna fall again. You know, the, if the government keeps pumping money into the economy in the, in the way that it's been doing, you're going to have a little bit of a, you know, a simple, simple supply and demand in economics, right? You're going to have more cash flow in the economy. That means you're going to have more people with cash, which means inflation will go up. And then it, psychologically speaking, people will now put money in the bank, which means the more money that people put in the bank, the rates go lower, right? Because, because there's just more demand of money that people have. So right. from an economic standpoint, I think, yes, rates will go down again. Uh, it also depends on the 10 year bond buying program, interest rates for mortgages, not for borrowing money, but for housing mortgages is tied to the 10 year bond. And the government's got to continue to keep buying those every month and in yeah. probably in the, in the, in the, the billions, in the billions range. So um, in order for the 10 year bond to stay low, the government has to keep buying it and they have to keep that, that kind of has ties to the economy's health itself. So as a result, you know, as a, as a result of those two things, you know, having a little bit of an inflation, inflation period in the United States, the devaluation of the currency of the U.S. dollar, uh, and the 10-year bond buying program being quite active as it is right now, rates will continue to probably go down. So don't lock your rates in yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's state fluid. It's on hold, it's state fluid, so that's we'll it. see how it all... And, 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 stay, and staying liquid right now is, is probably the safest bet as far as, uh, you know, managing your money you know maybe don't invest too much in stocks and bonds or don't invest invest too much in uh a different kind of asset um a lot of people that i see are that are aggressive like to buy gold like to buy real estate you know fight to quality but uh you know it just depends on most people's financial situations may not be of that caliber uh in today's economy it's probably better to stay cash uh anyways thank you for your time i uh, for your listeners again if you guys are are uh, interested in Julian's uh, information, um, feel free to re-listen to this episode and you can always follow, find him and follow him on Instagram at Don Julio, which is uh, the zero without an O. So D zero and dot Julio on Instagram. Thank you everybody and speak to you soon.